Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Real Estate Matters. For over nine years, the voice of real estate in Flagler County and Palm Coast, Florida. I am Toby Tobin. I'm a Florida licensed commercial realtor with Grand Living Commercial Realty. This show is sponsored by the Flagler County Home Builders Association, by Klein Construction, by American Village, gated 55-plus community where I live, and Hammond Community Church also supports our show. It happens to be where I go to church. Neat little traditional non-denominational church in the hammock. You ought to try it sometime. Stop in for either service, 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Both are traditional services. Got uh, co-host Walker Douglas in the studio with me today. Again. Traditional non-denominational. Is it like it? Is that a... It might be like an oxymoron a little bit, but we like to squabble over our denominations. And I like non-denominational folk because really, what's really the difference between a Presbyterian and a and an Episcopalian? Well, my uh, my dad was raised as a in the Congregational Church. My mother was raised in the Methodist Church, so they compromised and raised the kids in the Baptist Church. There you go. Right, they split the uprights. Right. So uh, let's talk about how we're doing so far. October is getting a little. We're we're uh, we're recording on Thursday. Tomorrow will be Friday the thirteenth. Ooh! I wonder. Uh, does that? Do you have any premonitions about the market? Um, you have some very spooky ones. So sixty-one homes, uh, as of about noon today on Thursday, have been sold through MLS. And last uh, October was 237, I believe, so total. So we're probably on track. Uh, you know, last month we did beat the same month a year earlier in sales. We had more sales last month. Prices were down a little bit. Which is what you'd expect, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, the market's pretty much going sideways right now. Uh, in, in like a, not a bad way. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not getting sideways. It's going sideways. Yeah, it's, it's, it's neither up nor down. There, there are indicators in, in both directions, and they kind of counter each other. Yeah. <clears throat> the uh, number of homes for sale is down a little bit from last week. We were back uh, under 900. We were over 900 last week, if you remember. It's down to 896, which technically is under 900. Homes pending, 326. That's uh, up a little bit from last week. One home so far this month has sold for a million dollars plus. And Any idea where? Uh, it was in the hammock. Okay. Uh, most of the million dollar homes are on the east side of the intercoastal. Which, but, I mean, that's generally the, in the case in Florida. It's going to be more expensive on the beach. But even a million dollars for a beachside home, if you compare that to South Florida, anywhere mm-hmm. south of pretty much Brevard County, you're yeah. like, you're yeah. not going to find it. But there there have been million-dollar homes um, uh, along the along the intercoastal on the west shore as, as well, uh, from Flagler Beach all the way up to Tidelands. Yep. But... Most of the most of the expensive homes, the McMansions, are on that strip of land between the ICW and the beach. 
49 single family permits issued to date, four duplex, uh, and 251 apartment units. That is going to be, let me guess, the Wilton in Town Center? Yes. Yeah, 251 on the dot. Mm-hmm. That's a great product. If you're interested in what that's going to look like, look up um, the Beacon, New Smyrna Beach. It's going to be a similar layout. It's pretty cool how they do it. They put kind of a courtyard amenity in the middle and kind of a, almost mm-hmm. like a U-shape um, apartment complex. Yeah, they got one really big building with about 200 units and then uh, a couple smaller units on either side making right. up the courtyard, I guess. That's right down the street from the hospital, from Imagine School, from the Kid City Daycare that's in permitting next door to the Imagine School. So it's a good place for there to be multifamily. Mm-hmm. And there's another multifamily, uh, well, right next to next to the Imagine School on the north side of the Imagine School. That's that's a couple hundred units, roughly, isn't it? It is. It's a. That's probably another two years away. It's probably about another year and a half behind the Wilton. Yeah, but I did notice they. The uh, St. John's River Water Management District issued their stormwater management permit. That's that's the first thing that you see as a public record usually when when somebody's developing. Yeah, you just happened just person. happened to stumble upon a St. John's River Water Management District permit. Just you know, in the course of your day, <laughs> in, in my casual reading. <laughs> uh, this week in in the news, Palm Coast is redoing their comprehensive plan. And they had a couple of sessions this week. Uh, Tuesday, they had a workshop. City Council had a workshop and a presentation by the consulting company that's going to kind of help enable the process. And then uh, yesterday at the community center, they had a session open to the public. It was pretty well publicized too and pretty well attended. Uh, I was there. Saw your dad there. Yeah, it's good. It's good of the city to kind of blow it out like this and get everybody's input, get everybody together on it. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, um, you know, it's 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 a difficult, potentially a very difficult process because uh, you you if you don't have community involvement, then you get accused of working behind closed doors in the dark. Sure. And doing all tor- all sorts of uh, untoward things. Of course, we're the real estate community is kind of used to that. But um, so the opening it up for public dialogue is a, a, a really good thing. Then you have to manage the along the way between now and when they vote for the new plan. Uh-huh. Uh, you're going to have to manage the conflict between. The people that don't want any change at all, and you know the whole the concept here is that this is a plan that's it's labeled twenty fifty. So it's you know the goal at the end is how how do you want us to look in the year twenty fifty? I hope I look well, as good as you. Well, they they, they didn't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> that's beyond my. Uh, I, I I might make twenty thirty, but beyond that, probably not. It will upload your consciousness into the cloud by then. Yeah. You'll oh, be immortal. Well, by the way, I've got a, a good news, bad news, uh, kind of a senior moment story. You know, as a, a, as an insulin-dependent uh, 80-year-old with a history of two 
late stage cancers, uh, uh, atrial fibrillation, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol. Yeah, you're harboring okay. a lot of. I got a million dollar life insurance policy commitment. Nice. So that's the good news. Okay. You're supposed to say, when, what's the bad news? Yeah, what's the bad news? You got to die to get it? Well, the, the premium is a million, too. <laughs> <laughs> Those insurance companies know how to get you. Uh, okay. <laughs> so um, uh, before we can properly plan uh, how we're going to look in 2050, we need to understand what and who we are today. Because if you, if you don't know where your starting point is, you don't know from whence to commence. So uh, we, we need to understand what our what defined our past and and what's what part of that is changeable and what isn't. Because you know it, we we can learn a lot from the past. Uh, the, the swale system has its pluses and it has its minuses. You know, uh, curbs and gutters do as well. Uh, the fact that we don't have sidewalks as a result of the swale system, yeah. and but yet we were we were marketed from the get go as a retirement community, and in fact a blue collar retirement community. We'll get to that in a minute. But to think of having a retirement community, you you naturally think of people who are sixty five or older. Walking down the street instead of down a sidewalk. That's, or you don't think of people walking down a swale, right? No, I mean that's not really in the marketing material. Somebody <laughs> need to even water. No. That was a swale idea. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, you know Flagler County. A lot of people don't understand it was formed after Volusia and St. John's counties had already existed, and Flagler County was really made up basically of the north end of Volusia County and the south end of St. John's County. And these were the least developable, least desirable lands in each of those counties. Very nice. You know, from a soil perspective, uh, wetlands perspective. Palm Coast, you, you couldn't do what IT&T did today. They would never look all those canals be dug. And, yeah, you'd be hauled off and, and thrown in jail. And, and, all, and then all of the fill from the canals used to raise all the lot levels above ground level or above ground water level. If you're lucky, they put you in the witness protection program and then send you back to Palm Coast like Joey Calco back in the day. So anyway, the, the, the county and the city both have a decidedly north to south orientation. This is... This is fixed. This isn't going to change. You know, we've got uh, the intercoastal waterway north to south through the entire length of the county, I-95, and, uh, of course, US-1 and A-1A are north to south. And then you have the East Coast Railway. So of those five transportation corridors, three of them represent really a barrier or blockade to transportation. You know, there are only two bridges in the entire county over the ICW. There are, are only, I think, five ways to get from one side of I-95 to the other side, unless, yeah. unless you want to count the nature bridge over at Princess sure. Place. That's that, We could say five and a half. 
but that's uh, limited access over from one side of I-95 to the other. And then the East Coast Railway only has one bridge in the entire county. It's got several grade crossings, but those are um, dangerous and like no no big uh, distribution center would, would locate on the west side right. if they're with just one bridge. They, they need to have multiple access points, and they wouldn't want to use a grade crossing. So those are those are fixed. They're not going to change, and no amount of of planning can. There's no planning workaround. So, so what you're to, saying is we got some isolated zones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we do. But um, another thing is that's unique about Flagler County is is we we actually sit on the boundary sort of of the South Florida weather pattern and the South Georgia weather pattern. If you if you look at uh, like my radar and you watch how storms move, they pretty pretty much the defining line is is Tampa up Route Four to Daytona. Yep. And uh, the, the temperature here is much different than South Florida and substantially different than Jacksonville. And I, I, I want to finish this subject, but we have to take a break, so stay with us to get the other half of the subject. Flagler County went straight to the front row when it came to the need and commitment. Free for All Friday, where local newsmakers talk it out. I mean, we don't swing from chandeliers or anything like that. That half-cent sales tax that we have collected over time has been used in great regards towards our school district. Hi, I'm David Ayers. Join me and Brian McMillan every Friday morning following the news at 9 on WNCF and worldwide on the Flagler Radio mobile app. Welcome back for the second half of Real Estate Matters. Thanks for staying with us. Our sponsors are the Flagler County Home Builders Association, Hammond Community Church, American Village, and Klein Construction. We thank them for their support. We're talking about uh, things that make Palm Coast uh, unique. And I was talking about the fact that we sit on uh, kind of the defining line between the South Georgia weather pattern and the South Florida weather pattern. And what that means is, um, you know, we kind of have three real seasons instead of just one and a half like they do. South Florida is is burdened and and a lot of the whole South Florida west coast south of Tampa is burdened with the fact that, uh, well, my parents retired in in uh, Englewood, which is south of Sarasota. And roughly 70% of their wintertime residents were snowbirds. Wow. And when you have that high a concentration of snowbirds, you don't, you don't develop enough barber shops, restaurants, doctor's offices, whatever service industries are necessary to take care of the flood that's there in the winter. And that's less true here. I think we're probably 85% sure, yeah. uh, full-timers here. So we have enough 
restaurants, but yet we still have very desirable weather. But we're we're kind of semi temperate. Our climate, kind of uh, like your your out your disposition. Yeah. I'm ill temperament. <laughs> uh, another thing is that Palm Coast is a new city, so where major roads already have a wide right of way reserved and and owned already by the city for future expansion. That eliminates a huge cost of purchasing additional right-of-way for future roadway expansion. That's very rare. And it's funny because there's a, you know, when you go up to the Northeast and not even necessarily Northeast, you go to old towns in the South and you see odd traffic, your roads laid out pretty oddly because they've been developed over the last couple hundred years. Mm -hmm. Palm Coast doesn't really have those issues. You might Mm -hmm. see a stop sign and you go through the stop sign and then 10 feet later, there's another one. You're stuck between two, you know, highly trafficked roads, and you're playing to have that Palm Coast so much. You know, Florida, or uh, Flagler County is one of only two Florida counties where US-1 is on the west side of the interstate. And uh, the land on either side of uh, US-1 in Flagler County is relatively undeveloped yet. I mean, there's quite a bit of residential development going on up in the Palm Coast Park DRI, but they're, you know, Palm Coast or Flagler County is a much longer county than that. Some of the areas in the south end of the county, they don't even have water and sewer on US 1. Yeah. Well, it, it sort of begs the question you hear a commonplace position is that there's too much growth happening all at once. US 1 is the first, it's called US 1. Why? Yeah. <laughs> because it's the first highway. U.S. one from goes from the Keys all the way up to what to Canada. Or it goes up to yeah, it goes to northern Maine, Maine if not. Yeah. Um, and we still have a substantial portion of it undeveloped, and that's going to get developed at some point. And then uh, uh, another thing that's unique that's fixed is that uh, once opened via new bridges, the western portion of the county is ripe for really intelligent planning. Uh, it's currently undefined from a land use standpoint. It's all timberland, and it's owned by a single party, uh, Rainier Timber. So we have an opportunity there to define some really unique land planning with without tinkering too much with the established city boundaries. You know, uh, sure. yeah. don't, don't, don't look for the new comprehensive plan to come in and, and say, well, you know, anything over an acre – like two, four adjacent infill lots could be built multifamily. I mean, that, that would never go over with the public, the voters anyway. Yeah. And so we, we can actually accept the fact that, you know, what is what I call the bathtub, the existing uh, water and sewer service district. So what are some of the changes you anticipate on this? Re- I mean, how often does a comp- comprehensive plan rewrite take place? Well, the, this one... The original one was 2004, so wow. so we've been almost 20 years. But I think it's supposed to be revisited more often than that. Okay, but some other things that define us uh, are demographics, which can change. They're not fixed. Right. They can, that, that can change. Uh, age 65 or older, Palm Coast is, uh, this is U.S. Census Bureau, so I'm not fudging any numbers. compared to the overall U.S. of 17.3%. Wow. So we're almost almost double. I mean, thank God for the villages. (laughs) Absorbing some of that demo. 
You, you, by the way, do you know what the the most popular pickup line is in the villages? Do I come here often? Yeah, you've heard that. <laughs> do I come here often? Uh, aged 18 and younger, Palm Coast 17.7%, U.S. 21.7%. And uh, there are only two, roughly, well, between two and three live births per day uh, for Palm Coast or Flagler County residents. So Only two? That sounds like a lot to me. I don't know. I'm maybe, ignorant, but maybe... Well, that's not enough to support a OBGYN. I guess not. Practice. Uh, median household income, income Palm Coast, uh, 61.8,000. U.S. as a whole, 69,000. So we're under the national average. So you might, would you tie together the um, sort of lopsided percentage of 65 and older with that median income and figure well, that a lot of people are sort of on pensions mm-hmm, and yeah, that might contribute yeah, to they have, they have uh, Well, a lot of people here are, we were heavily marketed in New York. There is a blue collar retirement community. A lot of people came down from civil service with civil service job backgrounds and very nice pensions. Yeah. So uh, then percentage of the population in the civil labor force, Palm Coast 51.6%, U.S., 63.1%. So obviously we have more retirees here. But here's here's kind of a shocker. The how what percentage of the population has a bachelor's degree or higher for age 25 or older? Hmm. Uh Palm Coast 24.9%. The US average is 33.7%. So we're only I mean it's a little bit under I, th- I think I figured out it's like 26.1% below the national average. For so so that's, degrees. that lump that puts all the age groups above 25 together. Mm-hmm. So there is a mix where if you're 65 years old now, a college degree would have meant something when you got it. If you're 25 years old now, not so much. Yeah, but the percentage of people that are getting college degrees is going up so that kind of blows that argument out of the water well no i don't think so because it's if if you look at it in terms of supply and demand you've got more mm-hmm. people with college degrees all of a sudden it's not that meaningful of an indicator of your intellect uh we'll let that rest anyway <laughs> again these are these are facts these are census bureau statistics you can make what you want of it but uh you know the fact that we were uh, marketed as a blue-collar retirement community, you get what you ask for. Yeah, and man, those are some good pensions if that's mm-hmm. what our median right. income is. Uh, at its inception, Palm Coast was the largest master plan community in the country. Today, one of the largest and fastest-growing master plan communities is in Nocatee in St. John's County, northern yep. St. John's County. So, uh, And I've heard... Over the last six months, more than a couple people make comparisons between Palm Coast and Nocatee and saying, you know, they've got, it's so beautiful up there. They've got wider buffers, more vegetation planted. And, and I mean, I, th- I think Palm Coast is pretty exceptional in that regard, right. too. I'm, I'm very happy living here. But it's interesting. I pulled up the census data for Nocatee as well. And a couple things really stand out. 
um, persons under 18. Remember, Palm Coast was 17.7%. Nocatee is 30.2%. Wow. Uh, persons 65 or older, remember, Palm Coast was 29.1%. Nocatee is 19.6%, only two-thirds the percentage. Uh, owner-occupied residential units, 76.6% for Palm Coast, 88% for Nocatee. So there are few rental units there. Um, households with a computer, interesting, 93.4% for Palm Coast, 99.1% for Nacopee. Uh People on an internet contract plan, 78.1% in Palm Coast, 99% in Nacopee. So you're, you're painting a picture with data here. What is it? What, what do you see? Well, we were marketed as a blue-collar retirement community, we got what we asked for. And Nocatee is not marketed right. as a blue-collar. Now, here, here's the one of the biggest shockers. Remember the median household income in Palm Coast was 61847 In Nocatee, it's $128,382. Wow, that's more than double. More yeah. than double. And the per capita income is... Uh, 33.6 thousand for Palm Coast versus 57.7 thousand for Nocatee. And persons in poverty, percentage 11 percent in Palm Coast. That compares to 11.5 percent nationwide. Nocatee is only 4.2 percent. Interesting. So those are interesting, interesting numbers. Make of them what you wish. I'm not going to politicize it um yeah i like to I'm we should do the deep dive there. on nocatee and see you know is, was it good schools first and that's why it brought families there and families brought entrepreneurship and wealth or was it the other way around and there's so many ways to look at it mm-hmm. well it's 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 very near the jacksonville labor market yeah uh, i think that and and schools may have a, a that factor to bear as well anyway i thought those were interesting numbers i couldn't I couldn't believe somebody kind of challenged me. He said, well, why aren't we more like Nocatee? I said, well, let me see if I can find well, out. here's a radio show dedicated to why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well we, well, well, we might pick up this topic uh, a little bit more next week because we didn't finish all my notes. I'm glad you all joined us today. Uh, we're happy to be with you. We'll be back next week. Hope you will, too. I'm Toby Tobin, and I approve this show. <laughs>